It's the Kim Munson Show. Analyzing the most important story. The socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water, what it means is, is that government controls these through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under the skies of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapping down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field, in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke. Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting, producer Rachel is in studio. And uh, I, a couple of names, uh, as we mentioned last week, uh, Keith, who's been a great member of the team, uh, passed on this last week. And uh, so we certainly will miss him. And then Patty, who's done so much great research for us over all the years. She has, uh, she's been traveling a lot and doing a lot of really great things. And um, so she's uh, uh, moving on as well. And uh, I want to say thank you to Patty. She has just done amazing work over all the, these years and uh, really appreciate all that she has done for the team as well. Producer Steve. You know, the cool thing with Patty is obviously she does the advanced type of research and pushes things towards a certain date. But how many days here, in, right in the middle of the broadcast, we come up against something and she turns around and she finds the answer for us and she uh, texts it to you on the fly and keeps the show moving. That, you know, that was, I think, one of her strongest assets. Oh, it really was. And so uh, I really wish her great, great things as well. And then we are going to have one other change, and that is, Producer Steve, you're going to be retiring. And um, that's going to be a big deal. So we're working on uh, <laughs> that replacement, and it's it's, it's big uh, Big uh, headphones to uh, to fill. So, uh, yes, we've got a lot of changes going on here at the show, but that's what happens. But I will miss you. You have, uh, you've, uh, you're a big part of everything, so I will miss you. Well, there's tired and there's retired. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've lost track of the years. You brought uh, the, the show over to Crawford Broadcasting in the form of the Americhicks. That was 2018? Well, we started in 2013 with the Americhicks. Okay. And uh, it really kind of started as a hobby. There were three of us. And I jokingly say uh, that the other two, they wanted the name Americhicks. I said, I'm old enough to be the Amerihen. <laughs> but that didn't that did not have the, the same ring to it. And so it really started out as a hobby. It was uh, Jill Vecchio and Molly Vogt and myself. And we were on Sunday afternoons. And when... Uh, we looked at each other. Uh, Mr. Crawford wanted to, to do a show about issues, but without all the rant and rhetoric. And uh, so we started on Sunday afternoons, and um, we were like, well, what should we talk about? And Jill, Dr. Jill, had actually read the complete Obamacare legislation. So for one hour, we talked about health care. And the other hour, uh, we'd all, we met at Leadership Program of the Rockies, and we uh, went through the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and uh, we learned a lot. I'm not sure how many people were listening at the time, but we learned a lot. 
and uh, then we we took a little hiatus. Uh, Jill stepped back, and we took a little hiatus from Crawford, and then came back to Crawford. And um, I've been on my own now. It'll it's uh, it'll soon be five years. Well, that's I guess that's what I was trying to get back to uh, when you. When we turned around and we uh, made it the Kim Munson Show, that's where we really started digging in in terms of a website and yeah. uh, so many other things. And it's now it, it with the, my decision coming in the next several weeks, um, I'm only more keenly aware of, of how much there is to be done. And whoever ends up taking this seat and, you know, Rachel will be a, a, a a standby, I guess, because she's going to have responsibilities at KLTT. And I think, oh, my gosh, how do I get all this down? How do I walk out the door several weeks from now thinking that this person will be able to do this and make it seamless? Yes. Uh, yeah, because you and I have... It's almost like you can read my mind sometimes, Steve. So, uh, oh. and that's that's a scary thing. Oh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's changes going on here. So, I want to say to each of you, thank you for listening. You're each treasured and you're valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. So let's get over here to our word of the day. I thought, you know, we talk about this word all the time, Steve. And so I thought, well, maybe we should have it on our, as our word of the day. And that is intrepid. And it means resolutely courageous, fearless, and bold. And uh, I'm seeing more and more intrepid spirits each day. I had a really interesting conversation this weekend. I had a really interesting weekend. I'll just put it out there like that. Um, but I had, a, I, um, I had, uh, I won't, I won't give the name of the company, but I needed to have some, uh, some IT help. And so ended up calling into the, the customer service desk. And I like it when I can actually talk to a person. And uh, I talked with a woman, and she was so helpful. And we talked about it, it had stuff to do with the, the, both of our uh, websites. And I was telling her what we did. And she said, I did not pay attention to politics before 2008. And she said, I just want my life back. And, I, I, and so we talked some more, and it's like, I want my freedom back. I, we have taken for granted. And so she is... She said, I'm woke. I said, are you woke or are you awakened? She said, I am awakened to what's going on in our country, and I just want my life back. But uh, I think to that point, we've taken taken our freedom for granted, and many people are recognizing that it is, it is um, it's not like it used to be, Steve. It's not like it used to be. I used to, you know, my... Uh, my- my aunt, my, my mother's sister, uh, they're you know, both gone, but we used to have conversations uh, back, oh, 30, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago. And I would say to her, I really believe our best, you know, and I hate to sound like I'm not totally on board with where we're headed, but I, I looked at her and I said, you know, I think the best uh, this country, uh, its best times were back in the 40s and 50s. And, you know, I was trying to bring light to the greatest generation because I think there was a lot to that. You know, when Tom Brokaw made that distinction about this certain time in our history, he he was on to something. I really believe it. Okay, but you're saying the 40s and 50s, but there was World War II and the Korean War. Well. But what, but what was happening, though, is 
uh, is the values. I bet that's probably what you were referring to is the values. Well, and our ability to, to congeal and to meet a challenge right now, I think if we were challenged, if, uh, if case in point, if China were just, you know, go after Taiwan, I'm not, I'm not sure there's a whole lot we could do about it. Or that we would do about it. Right. I mean, to have the will, the resolve. But, hey, back to the word of the day. I just made a little note. Obviously, uh, past generations thought a lot of that word because the Navy launched an aircraft carrier in 1943, the Intrepid. Aha. Well done. Yes, I forgot about that. Well, let's, uh, let's get over here to our quote of the day and as you know we are going through this uh, medal of honor quote book that's been published by the center for american values and my friends i would highly recommend to get down to the center for american values in pueblo colorado it's on the beautiful river walk and uh, uh but they have this the the portraits of valor and drew dix and brad padula are the co-founders of the Center for American Values. So one thing they do is honor these Medal of Honor recipients. There are 65 Medal of Honor recipients that are still living. And then the other thing is, is to educate to or inform uh, our next generations and our, our generation about these sacrifices. And uh, they have these educational programs that are focused on uh, honor, integrity, and patriotism. And so our quote for today is from Paul... J. Wiedorfer, a United States Army Medal of Honor, born 1921, died in 2011. And he's, and this is what uh, his citation said. He alone made it possible for his company to advance until its objective was seized. Company G had cleared a wooded area of snipers, and one platoon was advancing, and this is during World War II, was advancing across an open clearing toward another wood when it was met by heavy machine gun fire from two German positions dug in at the edge of the second wood. These positions were flanked by enemy riflemen, and the platoon took cover. Whoops. Hold on here. The um, the position. Let's see. The platoon took, took cover behind a small ridge, approximately forty yards from the enemy position. There was no other available protection, and the entire platoon was pinned down by German fire. It was about noon, and the day was clear, but the terrain was extremely difficult due to a three-inch snowfall the night before over ice-covered ground. Private Wiedorfer, realizing that the platoon advance could not continue until two enemy machine gun nests were destroyed, voluntarily charged alone across the slippery open ground with no protecting cover of any kind. Running in a crouched position under a hail of enemy fire, he slipped and fell in the snow, but quickly rose and continued forward with the enemy concentrating automatic and small arms fire at him as he advanced, miraculously escaping injury. Private Wiedorfer reached a point some 10 yards from the first machine gun emplacement and hurled a hand grenade into it. With his rifle... He killed the remaining Germans and, without hesitation, wheeled to the right and attacked the second emplacement. One of the enemy was wounded by his fire, and the other six immediately surrendered. This heroic action by one man enabled the platoon to advance from behind its protecting ridge and continue successfully to reach its objective. A few minutes later, when both the platoon leader and the platoon sergeant were wounded, Private Wiedorfer assumed command of the platoon, leading it forward with inspired energy until the mission was accomplished. And this is his, his quote. He says, um, freedom doesn't come easy. 
it takes many good people to keep it alive and well. And we're at that right now. Freedom is under attack, and it doesn't come easy. And uh, we certainly are. Uh, it takes a lot of good people, and a lot of good people are stepping forward, which I am so encouraged about. And uh, we get to do the show because a lot of uh, really great sponsors. And one of those sponsors is Hooters Restaurants. They have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And uh, they have specials uh, Monday through Friday for happy hour and um, also for lunch specials. So be sure and check that out. And also the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team is another great sponsor. Roger knows that life can be challenging. It's the Mangan's team's mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. So call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for more information. Like a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan's team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this. I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options. For personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubbs Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services' team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubbs Services. Schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives at johnnystubbservices.com and receive a great gift. That's Johnny Stubbs Services. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by Contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, my friends, I did see Sound of Freedom this weekend. I was out at the 88 Drive-In Theater, which was just great fun. And uh, Susan was showing Barbie and uh, Sound of Freedom. And um, so the shows don't come on until, obviously, it's dark because it's a drive-in, which means the second feature didn't start until about 1030. Uh, So it was a late night. I'm not used to staying up that late. But for Barbie, I didn't really watch the whole movie. It's uh, actually doing very well at the box office. And I think 
a lot of it is is because Barbie, the icon of you know a lot of moms are a lot of people are taking their kids to see Barbie. I would step out, so I ended up working uh, filling the popcorn tubs during Barbie, and uh, I tell you, I think eighty eight drive in theater has the best popcorn in the world. And it's because they have the the popcorn maker that I think they've had it for like 46 years. And it is delicious. So I was filling the popcorn tubs, but I think it's about 110 degrees by the um, popcorn tub filling, Steve. It was warm. You said it was gas fired. I mean, yeah. it, forty-six years old. It's obviously broke in, and it's very well seasoned. <laughs> that reminds me, uh, at the county fair uh, where I grew up in Western Kansas, uh, you know, it's the whole community thing, and uh, the community fries the hamburgers. I'm like, these are great hamburgers. I said, how are they so good? And my my brother said, well, it's because we have the age old recipe of grease. <laughs> But uh, actually, the popcorn was fabulous and great. I mean, people out there having a great time, and the snack bar was fun. And uh, these young kids that's working the snack bar, these kids gives me a lot of hope. They work their tails off, and I was just super impressed. So Susan Kochevar is truly an entrepreneur. So Barbie, though, is estimated total so far is $351 million. But Sound of Freedom was uh, fourth uh, in the estimated gross for the box office take for last weekend at uh, over $12 million. And it's coming in at a hundred and almost $149 million, which is a big deal for an independent film. But it was... It, it was riveting. It was really well done. This this uh, subject of, I mean, how can you, well done. I sh- how could I say this? It was a um, riveting subject of child trafficking, which it's hard to believe. And so got the message across with without being over the top graphic um, because then that would have been the focus instead of what the real story was. But it is the story of Tim Ballard uh, rescuing a brother and sister out of human trafficking. And uh, I don't want to spoil the movie, but um, father, so woman comes in and she sees this young girl and meets with her father and her and says, I think she's got a she's got a um, future in modeling. And then the little brother comes in and goes, oh, he does, too. And so the father drops them off for the the um, uh, oh, the audition. And and they said, oh, no, no, the parents can't come in. You can't come in. Come back at 7 p.m. and pick the kids up. Well, by that time, the kids were gone. And uh, so once again, parents, uh, you have to be really, really cautious about what's going on. I know uh, Rachel, she has her ears on a microphone. Yes, no. Uh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Rachel, uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I loved it. It was Likewise, it was well done. They, so, they uh, told the story um, in a way, like you said, that um, wasn't um, over the top, but got the message across. Um, obviously well acted. And I also thought they didn't hold back from... Um, being too, uh, I don't know, afraid to share the story in a way that, obviously this is disturbing, but they um, were able to share in a way still disturbing, but not hold back from that. Um, Because I've seen some other films that maybe don't, uh, because they're afraid to just show the graphicness of it all and the story behind it, you really don't see the gravity of it. But with this, I hope the message gets out to 
to all of us here and that there's actually some practical steps we can make besides just seeing a movie and knowing that this exists. What can we take practically to stop this? That's my, been my question. Well, and I so this is this is slavery. This is slavery in 2023, our world. And so those that are out there, California, the, the narrative of reparations for slavery from 400 years ago, uh, that's the narrative. And bear in mind that when America was founded, that slavery was prevalent throughout the world. And uh, Thomas Jefferson said, this has been foisted upon us. But yet you look at the the Constitution, and in the Constitution, it outlaws slavery. It outlaws the importation of slaves within 20 years after the signing of the Constitution. So you know that the Founding Fathers were wrestling with this. And then the three-fifths compromise that's in the Constitution, there are those that say, oh, that three-fifths compromise in the Constitution means that the Founders thought that blacks were three-fifths of a human being. That's not the case either. What was going on there is that um, they were trying to figure out balance of power, the House of Representatives, the Senate, the House of Representatives was going to be voted on by popular vote. So at that point, the the southern states that where slavery was primarily prevalent said, oh, well, we want to count all of our all, all of the slaves uh, as part of our population. And the North said, well, wait a minute, because that would give the South an advantage in the House of Representatives. They said, wait a minute. These are not free people, so you can't count them totally as one. And so they came up with this three-fifths compromise for the slave population, never meaning that that blacks were three-fifths of humans. They were coming to this compromise. And uh, and I actually had a conversation with a young person said, oh, well, that was part of the 14th Amendment. I said, no, no, it's part of the Constitution. So, you know, get out, get out the iPhone. It's like, you're right. It, it, it that is what it was. So, Rachel, what's your thoughts about that? Any comments on that at all? Well, you know, um, first of all, I just think the educational system and, you know, you said you were talking to a young person. (laughs) Um, We've done an injustice to our youth here with the educational system. So, you know, and that's what troubles me. And I and I grew up in that as well. Um, With that, we're not very knowledgeable about the Constitution or um, just history. And when you have that, that saying that if you don't know history, you're just going to repeat um, so I think um, that's my concern nowadays. It's just the educational system, for whatever reason, it just kind of got um, taken over by progressive and, uh, the, you know, woke kind of theology. And so from there, we're just going to have um, problems knowing how to move forward. And so that's my question. So, and, and uh, that's why we do the show. I think more people are becoming awakened about what's going on. But I, the point that I was eventually going to make here is that there are those, there's this, this um, big voice out there about slavery in the past and reparations. Well, we have slavery going on right now in 20, our 2023 world, and that is human trafficking. And so if we're really serious about 
slavery. This is the issue. We've got it right here in front of us. And this is the issue that we actually need to be addressing versus reparations and all this that happened in the past. Because the fact here in America, my gosh, here in America, uh, we had uh, Barack Obama Black who became president. Anything can happen in America because of this idea that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So that is settled. That is settled over there. Now we do have a slavery that needs to be addressed. So if we're really serious about slavery, then we all can unite to start to address this human slavery that is going on in 20, our 2023 world. Steve, do you want to weigh in on this at all? No. <laughs> no, I mean between you and Rachel, you've you've ta- you've uh, you know taken us where we I think you really wanted to go here. Yes. And and that is is that um the point I'm making is that those that are talking about uh, slavery in the past and reparations aren't serious about really really serious about slavery. And uh, so um uh, so one other thing, though, uh, this is pretty scary. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is a Democrat. He signed a bill into law on Friday that would allow non-U.S. citizens, so that would mean people that are here illegally, to become police officers. So in essence, we are now going to have in Illinois where an illegal alien can now arrest U.S. citizens. Uh, what, what could go wrong with that? And it's House Bill 3751. And uh, I do not believe that the people of Illinois are voting for this kind of stuff. And that is why we've got to get these elections cleaned up. Uh, because I don't think anybody thinks that that's okay, Steve. You know, in a humorous note, I you know, read something where the governor of Indiana and the governor of Iowa, Iowa, were having a conversation about this. I don't know what to call it. How, they were commenting on uh, what it's like to have Illinois in between them. This constantly misbehaving, you know, stepchild. I don't know what it is, but I'm, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago we we had to take a detour on the west side of town, and we ended up going past the I think it's a federal prison out there, Quincy and Kipling, mm-hmm. and that's where uh, Governor Rob Blagojevich was was in prison before he was released. Oh, I I, I don't think I realized that. Yeah, and and I was retelling the story of what he was up up to that put him into that place, you know, to my wife, and I was like, what is it about Illinois? There is just this nonstop. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. This this type of silliness. So, you know, is there, uh, you know, you know, they're incredibly in debt, uh, and a multitude of other problems that would take a higher priority than this, unless they're having such a hard time filling the ranks of the police. I don't know. Well, and yeah, uh, that may be the case, but. Um, this is going to be. This is not going to play out very well, ultimately, um, because there's our police have been under assault for many years. We saw the the again the summer of love where uh, BLM and Antifa destroyed many of our cities, and uh, just this assault upon police, police morale, and um, so I do think that the police recruitment and well also recruitment for our military is uh, suffering significantly and ultimately what that's going to do is that's going to be make our communities more danger more dangerous for 
everyday people. So as I mentioned, this person that I was talking to in IT support this weekend, she said, I just want my country back. I just want my life back. And uh, so people are waking up to that. Uh, These are really important conversations that we have, and we get to have them because of wonderful sponsors. And one of those great sponsors is Karen Levine. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance understands the importance of home ownership. Karen Levine works tirelessly at the local, county, state, and national levels to protect your private property rights. With nearly 30 years' experience as a Colorado realtor, Karen Levine will help you navigate the complicated metro real estate market, whether you're buying your home, selling your home, considering a new build, or exploring investment properties. Kim Munson highly recommends Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate needs. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. I am so pleased to have on the line with me David Tice. He is the uh, film. He's a filmmaker. He has made the documentary. Uh, oh, I had it right here. It is David. Welcome to the show. I had Grid it right down, in front of me. <laughs> Grid down, power up. Good to be with you, Kim. Grid down, power up, and very important. Uh, we are at extreme risk with our electric power grid. Correct, David? That is definitely the truth, Kim. It's huge vulnerability. And why is that, David? Okay, essentially our power systems, our grid is essentially made up of generation, transmission, and distribution. Unfortunately, it's very decentralized. There's been regulatory capture, which means there is very, very little uh, efficient regulation. And if our transformers go out, if our substations go out, essentially, and you plug in your iPhone and there's no juice, and there's no juice to your refrigerator. And essentially, our businesses will all quit operating, and therefore, people will start to die. Electricity is, frankly, even more important than water, because if you don't have electricity, our domestic municipal water systems will not work. Our wastewater systems will not work, and therefore, this will turn into chaos quickly. And you think I'm crazy. There's been a commercially, I'm sorry, there's been a congressionally mandated commission that operated for 17 years called the EMP Commission with the best scientists and technicians 
in the world that operated for 17 years, and they found as many as 90% of Americans would die if the power goes out for an extended period of time. Well, we've got a problem because many of these transformers we have imported from China. And I'm concerned that there could be kill switches in these things. Uh, is that uh, total um, uh, tinfoil hat, or what do you think, David? No, that is very authentic. And, in fact, we have Jennifer Granholm, who's the current Secretary of Energy under Joe Biden right now. He was interviewed, she was interviewed on a Sunday morning talk show. We include the clip in the film. She was asked directly if our adversaries could shut down our grid, and she said, yes, they could. We have Senator Angus King from Maine, and he appeared in a hearing, and he was essentially screaming, saying, this is a serious subject. We have our adversaries are in the grid, Uh, so we have a number of luminaries who have discussed this. The New York Times uh, just talked about this in a story over the weekend. Uh, Mark Andreessen was just on Joe Rogan recently, and he was talking about how embedded malware uh, from the Chinese. So there is starting to be some light that is being uh, shed on this. But let's talk about just recently in Texas, because you've been on the show before. Again, the documentary is Grid Down, Power Up. And David, you are are just tireless because I guess, you know, I have to ask you how, A, how did you get interested in this subject? And B, you are so, so um, focused on this. How and why? So how did you get involved and why? Why do you do this? Well, I have not been a filmmaker in the past, but I say that I recognized a few years ago that I was a NASA grandfather because my grandkids are four, three, two, one. Blast off. Houston, we mm-hmm. have a problem. We have a problem if we do not fix this vulnerability because I've lived a nice life. I'm in my 60s, but my grandkids, as I said, are 4321. So want them to live an extended life. And I'm frankly worried about that with Jennifer Granholm saying these things about the Chinese. The fact that NASA has said there's a 12% probability every decade that there could be a significant enough solar storm, which is a geomagnetic disturbance, similar to what we suffered with the Carrington event, that would essentially knock out our transformers and all our sensitive electronics and essentially put us back, you know, 200 years in the past. And therefore, I've been worried about this. I've actually had a high-ranking spy in, from the Soviet Union who has testified in front of Congress in my living room. So I'm very aware of what the Chinese and the Russians can do. I've read uh, a number of books from Chinese and Russian defectors, and they talk about the fact that these are bad guys and they have malintents and they have plans to potentially take out the grid. Therefore, this is fixable. And therefore, I'm starting a movement where I want all your listeners to get ticked off, and I'm trying to create ticked off mama bears and soccer dads so that we all tell our friends 
and neighbors and relatives to go to our website. You can take action and make phone calls, uh, essentially create petitions, sign uh, emails to go out to your legislators and your regulators, your board of directors of your public utilities, and we can let our officials know that this has to be fixed and it is very, very fixable, but we need to do this today. Well, out here in Colorado, our Public Utilities Commission, who they're all their bureaucrats, all appointed by uh, the governor, seem like they're more focused on uh, trying to limit uh, our um, everyday citizens' um, access to reliable, efficient, affordable, and abundant energy. And uh, instead of trying to get something done, hey, explain, David, the Carrington event. I think a lot of people don't know what that is. Yes, yeah, so the Carrington event was a solar storm that happened in 1859. And go to Mr. Google and you can read a lot about it. But back then we did not have, you know, a significant power grid, but we had uh, telegraph. And our telegraph system was essentially knocked out. And essentially uh, electronics are fried from this geomagnetic disturbance, GMV. And essentially, we also talk in the film about EMP, electromagnetic pulse. Essentially, what a GMV is, is a natural EMP. So this comes from a massive solar storm, and essentially these powerful gamma waves are you know, coming from the sun. And if they coincide with the Earth's orbit, it will essentially, you know, wipe out sensitive electronics. And that's what happened back in 1859. And so when scientists talk about a geomagnetic disturbance, they uh, parallel in comparison to what it might be if it was similar to a Carrington event. Okay. So urban metro area here in Denver... Uh, the grid goes down. What happens for an everyday person? What what happens, and what would they what could they do? Well, it turns into chaos, frankly, because what happens is, and we have famous comedian George Carlin, and we open the movie talking about how important electricity is, and he talks about the fact that our computers, our refrigerators, our uh, plugging in your cell phone, nothing is going to work. And then our municipal water system, I visited the municipal water system in Dallas and uh, talked to the guy running it, and he said, no, we're 100% dependent upon the grid to be able to, you know, create uh, clean water. And we, we thought about a backup generator a few years ago and it would have cost seven million dollars and therefore we dismissed that idea you think about our wastewater systems our wastewater system will quit operating and therefore our toilets are going to be backing up and you can imagine the diseases that will start to spread Uh, our police and our national guard are going to be home taking care of their own family because people are going to be 
looting stores. Well, the stores will be out of info, out of merchandise immediately. The credit card machines won't be working. Uh, there will probably just be chaos to begin with, where I'm not even sure if people will be paying for the goods. People will just be taking goods, and it will turn into chaos quickly. And again, the EMP Commission, and you can read about a lot of this on our website at griddownpowerup.com. So, what need? What can we? What What can we do? Politicians. <laughs> it seems like that politicians follow. You know, they put their finger in the wind and they take all these surveys to find out what people care about. And people are waking up that these, I call them PBIs, David, they're politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties. They're not leaders at all. They seem to be putting their finger in the wind to figure out how they can live off of the uh, uh, hard work of everyday people. Uh, And everyday people are going to be at significant risk here. So I guess the first thing is, is just to inform people about what this potential risk is. But we would not need to have... An invasion, although I do think we have an invasion across the the southern border, but our enemies wouldn't really need to have a kind of a physical war with us because they could just pretty well take us out with the grid, yes? They certainly can. And you mentioned, you know, our border situation, and I'm extremely concerned about that. There's been these stories about as many as uh, 5,000 bad guys coming in across the border, military aged with some more backpacks, et cetera. Why couldn't these guys be essentially special forces, individuals that are sleeper cells and potentially ready to knock out critical civilian infrastructure? And that can be done, you know, very quickly without an EMP or without even a cyber attack. It could be done through a physical attack. Uh, this week in 2013, there was a physical attack on a substation in Silicon Valley area, the Metcalf, and uh, seven or eight thugs ended up shooting out, you know, transformers that came close to knocking out, you know, electricity in Silicon Valley. Unfortunately, power was able to be diverted such that it didn't knock out power. But that could be a uh, test kitchen for what might be planned. So, and with that, now, because I got to know you, uh, John Spence, who is a friend of mine, he is on the EMP task force as well as Glenn Rhodes. Uh, And that Metcalf incident uh, refreshed my memory because something happened, like somebody that didn't go to work or did did go to work and and somehow that was thwarted what happened with that david well essentially these thugs ended up cutting uh lines communication lines which were would have alerted people but uh i forget exactly how it was it was determined that something was up but uh the authorities and the police got to, you know, the Metcalf station after these guys had left, you know, just minutes away, we believe. But 
60 Minutes actually did a story back in January 2022 that was rerun back in August about a year ago. Uh, you can go to YouTube. Uh, you can see information about uh, this, the Metcalf attack uh, and FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, ended up having a uh, study, and they found that if as few as nine critical nodes were taken out, uh, it could essentially cause a coast-to-coast blackout. And therefore, it just shows how important physical security is. And in fact, FERC, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, is having a hearing uh, August 10th in Atlanta, where I will be, and they are talking about you know, potentially the need for better regulation for physical security. And frankly, the current regulations that we have are anemic and pathetic. And we're going to, we're trying to fight to wake them up to say that we have to have better regulation. Well, and David, this is such an important issue. I'm talking with David Tice. He is uh, the uh, filmmaker of uh, Grid Down, Power Up, and it's a very important subject. And uh, we we have these uh, important conversations because we have great sponsors. One of those is a new sponsor, and that is Boson Law. It's a local law, fir- law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas fight for the justice they deserve. Boson Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury lawyers have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. Contact Boson Law at 303 excuse me, 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation. Again, that number is 303-999-9999. And uh, another great sponsor of the show is Lauren Levy. Knowledge is power. A reverse mortgage can be an important financial tool for individuals 62 and older. It is essential to understand the process so that all your questions are answered. With nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry, Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, call Lauren Levy. Levy at 303-880-8881. Kim Munson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms staff and customers alike are concerned with your safety and ability to shoot well. And that comes from a sense of community that they foster at their shop. The staff doesn't work on commission from sales, so there won't be any pressure to buy what you don't need. They host events like Ladies' Night every first Friday and Tactical Fun Night every third Friday because they value their community and they understand that selling the most expensive product doesn't help you learn to shoot. Your money goes further at Franktown because they'd rather 
ensure you be self-sufficient with what you already own and be proficient in using it. If you're looking for a range and shop that can take you to the next level in your self-defense training, learn how to shoot in realistic scenarios from instructors who have been there, done that, then look no further than Franktown Firearms. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. Thank you so much for supporting us. We are an independent voice and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea. You should not have to force people to do it. On the line with me is David Tice. He is uh, the filmmaker. He um, filmed Grid Down, Power Up. David, welcome. It's great to have you on the show. And uh, let's talk about Texas because you were working diligently to make something um happen in Texas. And we saw a few years ago when the uh, grid went down, people died in Texas uh, with that ice storm. So what's what's the update there? So in Texas, we have a amazing patriot, Senator Bob Hall, who is the main protagonist in our film, who has been fighting four different legislative sessions to get uh, legislation passed in Texas. In this case, it was Senate Bill 330, and it was going to create a commission that would tell, study, and essentially tell the utilities what they had to do to better protect the grid. And so it passed the Senate unanimously, and it went to the House. There's 140 members in the House, but unfortunately, House leadership, you know, drives the bus. And uh, the Speaker of the House essentially did not want this bill passed. He had a couple of lieutenants that chaired various committees. And so I ended up being in Austin probably 10 out of 12 weeks, actually going door to door, talking to members, talking to staffers. Uh, we ended up showing the film. We ended up bringing Dennis Quaid to Austin to meet with the governor, the lieutenant governor, the AG, Speaker of the House. And we ended up having, uh, so it came down to uh, Texas legislature only meets uh, once every two years, and there's a certain number of days. And if the bills are not passed by the closing date, essentially the bill is timed out. And because of forestalling uh, a committee hearing and then putting the bill on the calendar uh, on page seven, you know, when there were only three days left, essentially the bill never saw a House vote. And therefore, it timed out. And therefore, essentially, the Texas House leadership decided this bill wasn't to be passed. And therefore, we have no bill. So for all this uh, time and effort was wasted. So is the House leadership in Texas Republican or Democrat? House leadership is Republican, and that's why any of your listeners, in fact, even if you're living in Arizona, we love phone calls to uh, Texas uh, Governor Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott is solely in charge of 
choosing what topics come up for a special session. And right now, he has not chosen to address this issue. Uh, and frankly, a lot of us are pretty ticked off about it. So why? And I realize uh, Josh Phillip had a really interesting piece in the Epic Times uh, just within the last few days is that it is really the people of America, I'm paraphrasing, it's really us, the regular citizen, against the establishment, the deep state. And it sounds to me this is very deep statish. Why would the Republican House leadership in Texas not get this thing to a point where it would be passed? Who was the those politicians? Well, we know politicians, but bureaucrats and interested parties. Who was it? Why did they stop this? Essentially, there is a massive lobbying effort from the public utilities. And we talk about this in the movie. And uh, essentially over a decade, the electric utilities have uh, allocated about $1.2 billion to lobbying efforts. And there are a myriad of examples of uh, various bills that are friendly to the utilities. You know, the, the utilities want that pass, and those that the utilities don't like you know, do not pass. Now, let's drill down why. Uh, it's hard to believe that this is not a uh, issue that utilities would, you know, get behind. But unfortunately, because there's been regulatory capture and the utilities essentially control the regulators, but the utilities seem to, one, they don't want to be told what to do, and a lot of us are that way, obviously, but they feel as if they are under great pressure for rates because there's citizen advocacy groups trying to keep rates down, and this will cost money, and it will potentially increase your rates a little bit, uh, but they don't want to have to go through that hassle, and they've been told by their people that it's not that serious of an issue, but all I can say is if all these utility executives and regulators just spent 56 minutes and saw my film and, you know, read through this EMP commission report. I'm not sure how they could come away with that assessment that this is, oh, too crazy of a risk and it's never going to happen. Uh, essentially, it's logic and it's analysis and all I can say is these utility executives and regulators need to watch my film. And we have a 12-minute version that will soon be available if you don't have time for the 56 minutes. But I talked to the Speaker of the House in Texas, and he assured me he would watch not just the 12-minute version, but the whole 56-minute version. And I don't know if he saw it or not, but in my opinion, it seems as if these uh, lobbyists from these utilities have gotten to these top officials and they said there's nothing, there's nothing there it's going to cost too much money let's not do it we got this and frankly wow. we don't think that's the case Wow, David Tice we have a minute left grid down power up people can see the movie at the website or, or not yes no uh, right Okay, so right now you can see the movie on SalemNow.com. Uh, we, we have 
taken it down. We're doing a remastered cut for our commercial launch. Up till now, we've had what we call a festival cut. And uh, so we're building towards a crescendo in mid-September. In fact, I'm going to be in Sedona. We're going to be having a uh, showing at the film festival. And uh, so we're going to have a YouTube and an Amazon launch in just uh, six weeks or so. Okay. You can watch it right now at SalemNow.com. Okay. David Tice, thank you for caring. Thank you for caring about our next generation and what we're passing on to them. I so greatly appreciate the interview. And uh, let's stay in touch as this uh, this gets launched. Let's continue the conversation. And our quote for the end of the show is from George Washington. And he said this. He said, truth will ultimately prevail where pains are taken to bring it to light. And I think that is very appropriate for David Tice uh, because that's what he is doing. So, my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't survive. Views and opinions expressed on KLC 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station. It's the Kim Munson Show. Analyzing the most important story. The socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water, what it means is, is that government controls these through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under the skies of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapping down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field, in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to hour number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with as producer Steve, producer Luke. Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting, and producer Rachel is behind the boards in hour number two. Welcome, producer Rachel. Good morning. <laughs> are you having fun? I am having fun. It's fun back here. <laughs> and uh, you actually are, are going to be back up. Uh, producer Steve is going to retire, uh, and you're going to be back up for this. And uh, But you are actually will be running KLTT, which is another Crawford station. And uh, so excited about that, but Loving having you as backup. Thank you. I'm honored. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a good time, and um, just to serve serve you and um, serve KLTT. I'm excited. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on here. This this place is rocking and rolling. That's for sure. And uh, so let's get to our quote of or our word of the day, and the word is intrepid. And it means resolutely courageous, fearless, and bold. And uh, I chose the word because, as you know, we're going through the Medal of Honor 
um, quote book from the Center for American Values. The Center for American Values is located on the beautiful Riverwalk in Pueblo, Colorado. I like Pueblo, and um, but it is a it's an amazing spot. And uh, gotten to know Drew Dix, Medal of Honor recipient. There's 65 Medal of Honor recipients that are still living, and. The Medal of Honor is is, uh, give, is awarded uh, because people took action. When the situation presented itself, they took action. And we're talking about the quote from Paul J. Weedorfer, um, uh, Medal of Honor, born 1921, died in 2011. And we gave the complete citation in the first hour of what he did during World War II. But he was a private first class took action and um, was able to eliminate the enemy and move his platoon forward and saving lives in doing so. And he said this, he said, freedom doesn't come easy. It takes many good people to keep it alive and well. And so, again, check out the Center for American Values. Uh, they have the Portraits of Valor of our Medal of Honor recipients, as well as they are continuing to put together educational programs to teach us and our children these values of honor, integrity, and patriotism. And that website is AmericanValuesCenter.org. But I am so pleased to have in, in studio with me a couple of, of men who are, I would say, embodying this. And that is, freedom doesn't come easy. It takes many good people to keep it alive and well. We're in a battle of ideas. And uh, my friend Steve Peck is in studio. He is uh, the chairman of the Douglas County GOP. So welcome. It's good to have you. Hey, good morning, Kim. It's, I'm, I'm happy to be here this morning. And uh, Toby Domish, who is the Douglas County Assessor is also in studio. You're a little busy these days, aren't you? Just a little bit. Good morning, Kim. Thanks for having me. <laughs> People are a little whacked about their uh, potential as property. As they should be. As they should yeah. be. So I know we're going to have a lot of questions, and you're going to stay in, through the uh, call-ins and yeah. text messages, and uh, so it'll be great to have you with that. The show comes to you because I have amazing sponsors, and I'm just so pleased to work with each and every one of them. And I, I highly recommend them. It's a great way for you to support the show if you give them your business. And I'm talking with Roger Mang, and he is a State Farm agent, a great sponsor of the show. And my friends, uh, all of my sponsors I know personally, they strive for excellence in their business. So when uh, you need their goods or services, I would highly recommend that you give them a call. For anything insurance, I'd recommend that you call Roger Mang. And Roger, it's great to have you here. Thank you, Kim, and good morning to you. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about relationships. Uh, relationships are so important. And when you have an insurance claim, it's good to have somebody to talk to. And of course, we are in the hail capital of America here in Denver, and we've been getting a lot of hail and a lot of hail damage. So what would you uh, address regarding the agent and the client? Let me put something into perspective, if I may take a minute. We have had in the Colorado Springs and Denver area nine auto catastrophic claims. Now, a catastrophic claim is 500 claims or more in one storm, and we've had nine of those in this season. Right now, we've got about 400 hail claims on the books in El Paso County, and uh, actually about 350 in El Paso County out of the 400, so 50 in the Denver metro area. So hail hits your car. If you have an older car, it can easily be totaled, cost of repairs, or exceed the value of the car. So basically, you need some help in this process. 
So if you call my office and you have one of my team members, all of whom are very experienced, anywhere from 5 to 15 years of experience, they can help you, coach you through this process. So when you buy insurance, I think you buy a promise. Would you rather buy a promise from an 800 number or from an individual agent who serves you? And the question often comes up, who does the agent represent? Well, that's a bifurcated role. The company says the agent represents the company. The agent probably takes a different point of view because he knows that you pay your premium and that he has an obligation to you. So you're buying the services of a coach who will advise you through the process in a way that's most beneficial to you within the set of rules that govern the whole relationship. Well, and you mentioned something. Call your agent, not the 800 number, because the relationship is with the agent, correct? That's correct, Kim. Okay, and uh, so someone thinks that they have or they do have hail damage, call the agent and you can coach them through. Yes, and uh, we would file a claim on your behalf so we take your call and we pass it on to a claims specialist at State Farm and then from that point on it's between the claim specialist and the client but where the benefit comes in having an agent if you're being told things you don't understand or you're being offered a settlement that you think is not reasonable, you fall back on your agent. Now, if you call an 800 number, you're never going to get the same person in some large call center, and they're going to have to reconstruct the notes. They're going to not know you personally. I have insureds that have been with me out of my 47-year career, 45, some of them 47 years that are still around and kicking, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> so it's a, it's a good place to be, and, and I bend over backwards. I think my agency does, and I think most state farm agents would do that as well. But I think we're at a point in our life where we're we're being forced into a digital world with call centers and you're paying premiums that really you don't feel like you're getting your money's worth. I want to give you a quick example. I had a friend. He was an American family agent, retired, went to Progressive, talked to me, asked me about, you know, my rates went up significantly. Can you help me? So we did a quote, four cars. And uh, ended up saving $1,100 every six months. Wow. Okay? $2,200 a year. So I would advise your listeners to go out there, even if you're with State Farm, test the water. See if you have a competitive rate in this crazy environment where inflation is going through the roof on food, on insurance, on about everything we touch. So I think it's a good thing to live in a capitalist, com competitive world where your dollars really are what I'm trying to save you. Anyway, enough of that. Yeah, well, I, I love that. And how can people reach you for a complimentary appointment? You can call my office at 303-795-8855. Again, that's Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. Roger, I learned so much from these conversations, and I so appreciate our partnership sponsorship. Thank you, Kim. I do as well. 
Award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance understands the importance of home ownership. Karen Levine works tirelessly at the local, county, state, and national levels to protect your private property rights. With nearly 30 years' experience as a Colorado realtor, Karen Levine will help you navigate the complicated metro real estate market, whether you're buying your home, selling your home, considering a new build, or exploring investment properties. Kim Munson highly recommends Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate needs. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for a weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. In studio with me is the chair of the Douglas County Republicans. That is Steve Peck. It's great to have you here. Hey, good morning, Kim. And uh, Toby Domish, and he is the Douglas County Assessor, and we have questions for you. Good. Bring them on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Uh, Toby, let's go to you first. Uh, people have gotten their property assessments, mm-hmm. and they're significantly higher than the last assessment. Mm-hmm. Explain how is this determined? What what happens? Sure. Well, all, all Colorado County assessors are required to reappraise their, all the properties in their county every two years. And so we all did that in 2023. And what happens in a reassessment is uh, the appraisers in those respective offices uh, value each of the properties and they bring them to current market. Now, the appraisal date for this reassessment is June 30, 2022. All right, so all the values were moved forward by two years, from June 30 of 2020 to June 30 of 2022. That is really, really important because in that two-year period, we had the highest increase in the real est- residential real estate market in the history of uh, Colorado for any two-year period. And so if you look across the state, we've got increases from 20% to 100%. At the county level, and in, in Douglas County, as an example, our average increase was forty-eight percent, which was on the upper end for the front range. But if you go into if you go into the uh, uh, mountain counties, you see average increases eighty, ninety, or even a hundred percent. And uh, you know, for the first reappraisal ever, this is really a corner-to-corner thing, meaning it's statewide. It happened um, north to south, east to west, and so every homeowner in the state of Colorado is affected really dramatically by this. Okay, so you said Douglas County, uh, the average is that the values went up 48%. Does that mean my property taxes will go up 48%? Well, maybe, maybe. Now, under current law, uh, with Gallagher removed and Senate Bill 238 passed last year, a 48% increase would yield somewhere between a 40, 43, 44% increase in taxes, all right? That is if the local authorities do not reduce their mill levies. And so one of the things that we all have as citizens in front of us the rest of the year is make, is we have to engage our local taxing authorities. Those are our metro districts, our cities, 
our towns, our counties, et cetera, and get them to reduce those levies so that our taxes will not go up as much as our values have. So how can people find out? Uh, because ideally, the idea of centralizing government, centralizing power, I've always not liked that. However... The, our property taxes are decentralized. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these different entities, your park district, your road district, your school district, your library district. How can we, A, find out, you know, which, you know, what entities are taxing us and how do we address those those entities? Sure, sure. Well, Colorado, first I'll say, you know, residential property taxes in Colorado have been great as taxes go mm-hmm. for, all, for decades. Because of the Gallagher because Amendment. Because of the Gallagher Amendment. And I just have to make a note that it's been bipartisan that the Gallagher Amendment was repealed. In my voter's guide, I, I recommended yes. a no vote on repealing the Gallagher Amendment. And I don't like to say I told you so on but, the show, but I will t- say but I you told say, us so. I told you, you so. Did. You're right. But uh, Dick Wadhams, former uh, chair of the... Uh, Colorado State GOP actually received money to go out and stump uh, to get rid of Gallagher, as well as um, uh, mover and shaker Josh Penry. His companies received millions of dollars to um, get us to vote to get rid of Gallagher. I just have to make that point. It was bipartisan. It was both Democrats and Republicans. Absolutely. And, you know, it had obviously bureaucrats behind it, but it also had commercial real estate interests behind it because... Uh, with residential, you know, tax rates being low in Colorado for many decades because of Gallagher, the commercial rates were locked in high. Right. And so so they had a, a real motivation to get rid of Gallagher, but they all promised us it'd get replaced. And it and, didn't, did And it? it didn't. Well, that's what they're saying Prop HH is. And I, it's you not. Know, we're here to say it's not. But okay. to your question, uh, yeah, the, 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 the difficult part about decentralizing government, which is largely a wonderful thing, right. is you have local control and really complex systems. And so you, our, proper, our property taxes pay into a lot of local entities through Colorado. If you own a home, you pay into different groups, your library, your art, mm-hmm. your city. And, and so um, in, in Douglas County, as in most counties in Colorado, you can go to your county assessor's webpage, look up your property and find all those taxing authorities that you pay into. If not your county assessor, you can go to your county treasurer. And it is uh, the responsibility of each of those authorities to publish the boards, those people who are elected to determine their levies, and do that in a public way. So it's public information. It's not a secret. Sometimes it's hard to find. But uh, in most counties, you can go to the county website and dig in there and uh, look up your property and find out who you're paying into. And then just let me add, from that, you can then reach out to those entities, and you can put pressure on them, because many mill levies are self-determined. They're not all tabor-restricted. In fact, the vast majority of taxing entities in the state of Colorado, local, local, not the state government, but local taxing entities, have debruced. They've exempted themselves from tabor. And so it requires our interaction with them to really get those, you know, pressure them to get those levies down. Well, and thank you, Toby. This is so informative. Steve, I, uh, Stephen Peck, uh, chairman of the Douglas County GOP, I, this has been a process for me to learn about this. And Tabor, I thought these Tabor, Tabor was in place. 
Uh, and Tabor, which is Colorado Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, and it's really about three things. It's really about good manners. And it says to the PBIs that, hey, if you want to raise our taxes, you just have to ask us. If you want to incur debt that we have to pay off, you just have to ask us. And if uh, this entity wants to keep the excess money that's been collected, our money, above a very generous formula of uh, population plus inflation, they just have to ask us. But what I realized, and this was so sneaky, and I saw it on a South Suburban uh, question, and if you see Title 10, is it Title 10? Uh, I think that is, your, is Tabor, or, uh, I think it's Title, now I can't remember, but it, it's Amendment, uh, it, I'll, I'll find that for you, we'll get get that for you, is that if you see that in there, it is debrucing, detabering excess revenue in the future. And I'm like, wait a minute, I think that's disingenuous. Mm. And I saw it on a South Suburban question. They had a, a tax question, but then they were detabering excess revenue. I'm like, hmm, that's pretty sneaky. And so I voted no on that. Uh, and so it's been a real process for me to figure out what's going on. Well, you know, Kim, all of this is very confusing, especially for the average person that's trying to carry on with their lives. You've got, well, we've got a Gallagher Amendment and debrucing and what the heck is Tabor and what is a mill? And it's like another language. So unless you're really dialed into all of this, it's hard to keep up with it. And so I think you know, from my standpoint as the chairman of the Douglas County Republican Party, the thing I want to communicate to people is, one, Douglas County is proudly ruby red, and we want it to stay that way. I like to talk about um, uh, Douglas County being the Florida of Colorado because we want people that have, want small government that's manageable and accountable to be uh, first and foremost that, that our, our local um, uh uh, whether it's a metro district or the library boards or the school board or the water boards, that those are all uh, a bulwark against a high cost of living. And so I'm, I'm proud not only to be a Douglas County uh, resident, but I'm proud to be uh, the, the chair of the Republican Party. So if you're out there somewhere here in the front range and you're thinking, like, my city has gone crazy – you are well. If you and you're listening to the Kim Munson show, you are welcome to uh, to come down to to Douglas County and keep keep us as red as it can be. Well, but you've got a job because Douglas County is, uh, I think, really under. Um, oh yeah, we're growing like crazy. We've, yeah. we've gone from 350,000 people now in the, in the county. We're we're creeping up on on 400,000 people. So. Um, the more building that's going on, especially uh, high density building, obviously that that changes the composition it of does. our of our um, of our community. So um, that's why your your county commissioners are so important. That's why your town councils and your mayors are so important. That's why your school boards uh, mm-hmm. important. We've got three school board uh, seats coming up for reelection this fall. So. It is incumbent on everyone listening to not just be informed themselves, but but reach out to people in your social circle to make them aware. What is Prop HH? And and you don't have to be a um, the county assessor and know no. uh, all the details around bills and Gallagher amendments and Tabers. And, and if you do, that's fantastic. I think you'll be more credible. Um, I think if you know the wave tops here, that's going to be a long. St- 
step in the right direction. Governments want, or excuse me, Democrats run the state by supermajority. It's not even close. They're overwhelmingly in the, in the seat of power. And it is time. I mean, it does, if you're a moderate and you're listening, we've got to at least bring some balance to, to the equation here. Um, the Republicans that we have um, are, are small in number, and not all of them are really uh, as strong as I'd like to, to believe. So, so we need we need more Republicans and we need stronger Republicans or else we're looking at a very different state. And stronger Republicans, uh, what we're talking about, the word conservative has been demonized for so many years. And uh, I, th- I think there are those that said, oh, conservatives want to tell you how to live your life. Well, wait a minute. Go through COVID. Who really wants oh, yeah, to no tell, you how, to, uh, no tell you how to live your life? Re- so conservative, what it means to me is conserving this idea of America, that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And uh, in the first hour I was talking about, I um, interacted, I had to, with the IT support um, regarding my websites. And uh, the woman that I talked with, she said, I was really politically agnostic But now I am paying attention. And she said, I just want my life back. Mm -hmm. And while we have been politically agnostic, Mm -hmm. uh, we've we've seen this erosion of our rights. People are paying attention. And so the work that you're doing as Douglas County GOP chair is so important. And and so let's talk a little bit about, before we go to break, this event that you have coming up this Wednesday, which is August 2nd. I can't believe it, but it is. And uh, because Prop HH is uh, really, I consider it a bait and switch. And uh, you know what I'll do? Let me just very well. Well, while you're you're bringing it up, what I've, Toby, unless you've got something better, I'm calling Prop HH, the moniker, the highway to hell. So if you don't take anything else from this, uh, uh, um, this hour, Prop HH is a highway to hell. You don't want to have anything to do with it. It's a hard no, hard stop on on, uh, Prop HH. But part of the job of the, the, the party is to communicate, right? I mean, we do fundraising events, and sure, we're at parades and uh, all this stuff. But what does it lead up to? We have to communicate our values, and we have to sound the alarm when it's it's needed, right? And so this is one of those situations where I think it doesn't really matter where you've uh, voted in the past on this particular issue. If you believe in small government, if you want your local um, uh, government to be accountable to you as an as a individual and a citizen, then... I urge you strongly not to to inform your neighbors, your fellow parishioners, your business partners about Prop HH. So we have an event this Wednesday at the Parker Library at uh, we're starting at six six p.m. and actually. Kim Munson will be the the moderator. Yes, so we're and, and have, Toby Domish will be there. That's the panelist. So I I have reached out to Toby, and I've reached out to a couple other subject matter experts. Um, Christy Burton Brown is the former uh, state party chair of the Republican Party, and then Ben Murray is a subject matter expert from the Independence Institute. So both of them are. Um, they're, they're policy wonks that can dive deep into this. So if you really want to know 
um, more about what it is we're talking about, this is an outstanding opportunity to do that. Yes, and uh, knowledge is power. We need to understand this. Prop HH, what it is, it uh, was Senate Bill 303. It was referred, well, it was passed by the uh, legislature here in Colorado, hastily written at the last minute, and signed into law by the governor. And it's referring this measure because it is a Tabor question, because the question ultimately is... People are whacked about their property taxes going up. And so Governor Polis and company has come in and said, we're going to give a little bit of relief. But to do that, you're going to be giving up your Tabor refunds basically forever. And uh, so I am, I don't know if you knew this, that I am the president of the Colorado Union of yeah, Taxpayers. Yeah, you, you did tell I t- me this. Tell, yep, okay. Yep. And uh, with that, we put our eyeballs on all the legislation, all 681 bills that were presented this year. And my friends, this is not governing. There is no way that our legislators were able to read all these bills. And we should not be passing anything into law that our legislators have not read and understand and think about the long-term consequences. So Prop HH uh, is on the ballot now. It was referred to Senate Bill 303. And I thought it was 48 pages, but Toby, you said it's 58 pages? That's right. We just call it an even 60 because it feels longer. <laughs> yeah. uh, first of all, just just with that, we should say no. Right. But uh, the blue book is um, something that people take a look at that and they, they and it's really a, I would say it's a game. And there are the pros on these questions, the against. And it goes through a number of different drafts. Last week, the second draft came out, and people could make comments. And so as the president of the Colorado Union of Taxpayers, uh, what we did is, first of all, Natalie Minton, who is uh, a great activist, she'd gone through and redlined the the draft. And so we said the, the Colorado Union of Taxpayers concurs with those. And then... Some of my fellow board members said this is not going to make it in because I was a little snarky. (laughs) But uh, I I submitted this as a fifth uh, reason to vote to to have the against arguments. I said Coloradans are facing a historic increase in residential property values, which will result in significantly higher property taxes for homeowners and businesses. I actually took that from the four people. I Mm -hmm. thought, let's take some of that. I said Proposition HH purports to provide property tax relief. It is really a bait and switch at the expense of Coloradans' taper refunds forever. By allowing the state to retain additional revenue, our taper refunds, it hurts the everyday hardworking people of Colorado because the state keeps more of our money and we have less of our money. Prop HH is hastily written conv- uh, is a hastily written convoluted 48-page measure that further complicates our property taxes. It's time for real property tax simplification and reform for Coloradans. What do you think? Yes. I love it. I love it. There's, I didn't sense any snark. What, that, that was just the bait uh, and switch. Oh, but it is. But it's true. I know. <laughs> but my colleague said it won't make it in because I used those words. Yeah. But it Smoke is. Smoke and mirrors, bait and switch. There's mm-hmm. a hundred metaphors, right? It's really ridiculous. You know what? It, uh, one of the worst things about it is um, th- they call it a property tax cut. And we're facing, whether it passes or not, the largest property tax increase in the history of the state of Colorado. I mean, that's the way it is. If it If it passes... The one thing it does for homeowners is a, apply a new $35,000 or an additional $35,000 decrease off the top of value. You know, when your value is going from 500 to 750 from your 
county assessor or from 600 to 900 or 400 to 600 a $35,000 cut on value isn't going to be noticed by anybody so the whole notion that it's a property tax decrease is that's the bait mm-hmm. and it's not even a good one yeah you know and, and uh, the fact is it's sort of they're using this language to make it sound like there's something real there and uh, when the tax bills come everyone's going to understand whether it passes or not that and when's the ta- when do we get our tax bills? Yeah, the tax bills for this re- reassessment will be about the end of January, usually by February 1 mm-hmm. of next year. So after yeah. the election. So it's after the election. Aha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. In studio with mm-hmm. me is Toby Domish. It's great to have you here. He's the Douglas County Assessor, and I'm sure that you all have questions. I'm sure you'd like to have another hour of all this. Stephen Peck, who is the chair of the Douglas County GOP, uh, is also in, in uh in studio as well, and we have amazing sponsors that make all this happen. It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubb Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubb Services' team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubb Services. Schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives at johnnystubbservices.com and receive a great gift. That's johnnystubbservices.com. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Text line is 720-605-0647. And I did want to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. It is a nonprofit that I dearly love. Uh, it is located out at 6th and Colfax, and I was out there on Friday afternoon. Milton Goldstein, who we had interviewed for our America's Veterans Story show, was coming through town, and uh, he wanted to meet. So I was out there, and um, as we've mentioned on the show, because of the rains and the wind and all, the electrical system has been damaged. And so they were doing a, a fundraiser, particularly for that, to get the lights back on those flags. And the money has been raised. Congratulations. But you can help with uh, the raising the money for the remodel by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. In studio with me is Steve Peck. He is the uh, chair of the Douglas County GOP, as well as Toby Damish, or, excuse me, Domish, excuse me, is um, the uh, Douglas County Assessor. 
Steve, you've got an event this Wednesday night. Tell us about that. Yes, yes. Uh, this Wednesday night, 6 o'clock at the Parker Library, we're going to have a, an event to tackle this issue, the Prop HH uh, issue. And the event is really a policy forum. <clears throat> and um, Kim is going to be the moderator. Toby yes. will be there. Thank you, Kim. We're also going to have a couple of uh, subject matter experts, um, Ben Murray from the Independence Institute and Kirstie Burton-Brown from Advanced Colorado will also be there to weigh in and get us all knowledgeable. There are just 100 spots available in that specific room. I know this went out in your um, newsletter, so um, there should be a link there, I'm sure. Also, if you're if you're looking for a seat, uh, this is free, but it is... Um, you can you can get tickets through dcgop.org, okay. and it's on the calendar. Okay. And Toby Domish, Douglas County Assessor, property taxes isn't really a sexy subject, if you will. No. However, I have been in meetings, and people are concerned. And I'm concerned that we're going to tax people out of their homes. I mean, I, I, I think about somebody that's on a fixed income. That's why there's such danger with this Prop HH, because it's being sold to people as some property tax relief, but in essence, giving up our money into the future forever. But the Gallagher Amendment had been put in place, and I'd had Dennis Gallagher on the show. Uh, he's pa- passed on since. But uh, when the question was on the ballot regarding the Gallagher Amendment, and He's a Democrat, and it was put in place years ago when when he and other legislators looked at California and what was happening regarding property taxes and the increases there. He said, we need to put some guardrails on this. Now, I know that the bump up against Tabor, um, you know, the commercial guys, they, they came in and they, they were really behind getting rid of Tabor. But commercial property, has, has the valuations on those gone up as well? Yeah, they sure have. And... Uh Frankly, they have every reassessment for the past 10 or Mm -hmm. so, and uh, it's been brutal for small business owners. And if there was anything positive at all about contemplating changing Gallagher, it was the fact that Gallagher locked in commercial assessment rates at 29%, so it kept commercial property taxes high for small businesses. And that was hard. So that was one strong argument that existed when we recontemplated Gallagher. But the thing is, they haven't really dealt with that. Now, Proposition HH suggests, uh, I think, a 5% cut in that commercial assessment rate. But if we are increasing, we being county assessors, commercial assessments 20% every two years, they're not going to notice that. That's not real relief. And so we're still waiting for that Gallagher fix to happen where the commercial property owners, small businesses, are really get some relief. Uh, commercial property taxes in Colorado are some of the highest in the country. Historically, because of Gallagher, residential property taxes have been some of the lowest. So there's been Colorado has the largest gap between those two things. And Gallagher helped create that. Um, what that was great for for us as homeowners is it allowed us to build equity tax the tax rate was maintained was managed was given guardrails and as a result of that that allowed property values to flourish if you look at some east coast states old states with old governments and old tax laws where taxes were increased over decades Illinois, Massachusetts, everything on the east coast you you can see that their real estate values don't appreciate 
they don't appreciate. Why? Because the cost of ownership is so high that that, that harms the ability for real estate to really appreciate. Mm. Yeah, and this is, this is a, a notion that's been studied a lot, and we're in, in danger of this happening in Colorado. If we don't truly replace Gallagher in a way which creates guardrails to our tax system on those tax rates. Can Steve, I jump in yeah, with a question? Yeah. So, so Toby, I mean, ideally we take Prop HH down, right? This is the, gov- the governor's proposal to fix this problem, but it, it doesn't really achieve what it, it, it purports to, to, to fix. So mm-hmm. if, it, if it fails and we're successful, we're still stuck with a big problem. We are, but we have to we have to consider HH just it, it by itself, right? What does this really do? And really what it does is it exempts the state government from TABOR, in my view. I mean, that's sort of the broad general way of saying mm-hmm. it. It erodes the TABOR exception. It erodes the TABOR restrictions that state government has. Uh, this might restrict local revenues, HH, maybe. But it doesn't make any requirements to do that. Like it doesn't, dem- it doesn't reapply Tabor to any of the local governments. It just says, "Hey, we suggest you lower your mill levies." That's about all HH does. But what it does do, as you said, Kim, is it really uh, lifts the restrictions of Tabor on state government and allows for billions of more revenue to flow into state government. When people ask me about this, like, what kind of tax break? you're getting none just look at the money flow where's the money go state revenue is going to increase dramatically if we pass this so we have to look at it through that lens in my opinion and deal with the property tax problem separately too bad we didn't do it already there are plenty of opportunities to do it Mm -hmm. as you both know this legislative session our own uh, douglas county representative lisa frizzell had a bill Mm -hmm. which would have capped Colorado County assessors from increasing their values to only 5% a year. That would have been nice. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have to go- gone through all this heart heartache and pain that we've been through. But, Kim, you're right. Uh, we're at risk of driving people out of their homes. We're at real risk of doing that uh, because these tax increases can be 30 40 50%. And if you stack in the rest of the sort of mortgage payment that most of us have to make, that have mortgages and have to escrow them with interest rates higher, uh, homeowner insurance higher, principal higher because the prices are so high. Now we're stacking a massive tax increase on top of it. We're going to have an increase in foreclosures that's going to be very dramatic, three, four, five hundred percent. Foreclosures are going back up if we don't do something about well, this. Well, the first step, Steve, is don't pass HH. It's not a fix nope. to pass it or not. But don't pass it. Don't right. don't don't pass it. And then we go from there. Okay. Okay. Well, and if you have a bunch of foreclosures, obviously that increases the inventory. If there's increased inventory, what's that going to do your property values? So yeah, not good. Yeah, that's not, good. not uh, that's a pretty uh, easy thing to follow there. Um, and it, it is frustrating because the state representatives had a chance to fix this. They could still call a special session. Mm-hmm. They don't. They won't because their real interest is in taking down. Tabor. That's right. I mean, it's the governor who can call that special session, right? And, and only he can do that. And so uh, he hasn't been convinced yet. Uh, I'm, I, I just, you know, uh, there's not a lot of pressure there because if HH fails, either way, passes or fails, property taxes are going way up. So how do we convince a governor to 
start a special session and really address this issue in a meaningful way? I don't know what the answer is. But but we can do something, and that is is we can uh, talk to the school board directors, the um, metro districts, metro districts, uh, park districts, to lower that mill levy, and they probably don't want to. Toby, I've got, okay, that will be another question. We're going to go to break here. And uh, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Toby Domish, who is the Douglas County Assessor, and Stephen Peck. And the, te- uh, the text line is 720-605-0647. Uh, and I know that uh, you may want to call in 303-477-5600. And I get to work with a lot of wonderful sponsors. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That is why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider the opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Munson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Springtown Firearms staff and customers alike are concerned with your safety and ability to shoot well, and that comes from the sense of community that they foster at their shop. The staff doesn't work on commissions from sales, so there won't be any pressure to buy what you don't need. They host events like Ladies' Night every first Friday and a Tactical Fun Night every third Friday because they value their community and they understand that selling the most expensive product doesn't help you learn to shoot. Your money goes further at Franktown because they'd rather you to be self-sufficient with what you already own and be proficient in using it. If you're looking for a range and shop that can take you to the next level in your self-defense training, learn how to shoot in realistic scenarios from instructors who have been there, done that. Then look no further than Franktown Firearms. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown. Frankdown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. In studio with me is Steve Peck. He is the Douglas County GOP chair and Toby Domish, who is the Douglas County assessor. And... Toby, I really think that we need property tax simplification and reform. Mm -hmm. You own a piece of property. This is what the tax is. No special this or that or whatever and all this 48 pages, 58 pages of Prop HH. We need to simplify this and we need to have real reform. And um, so I really think that that's the bottom line. What about renters? Uh, Because Prop HH... The fact that we will, if that was passed under the guise of property tax relief, uh, everybody that does not own property is is basically giving up their Tabor refunds forever, which I don't think is fair. But are renters going to see increases because of these property tax value or property assessment valuations? 
Well, first of all, Colorado had some of the most complicated property tax rules in the in the country before this uh, proposition. Sixty pages of this, right. huh? So now we're going to make it worse. It is it is really difficult to ask people to understand Colorado property taxes, and that's not how taxation should work. I think we can all agree on that. Yes, right, absolutely. It should be understandable, and it's just not. So let's start going the other direction, please. But for renters, HH is terrible. All right, for two reasons. One, we're gonna uh, these this reappraisal. That's not being addressed by the General Assembly is going to cause increased property taxes for everyone, including landlords. So you tell me, are landlords going to decrease their (laughs) rents? No. They're going to pass those on. They're going to pass those on. They're going to pass those on. Now, largely, you know, rents are largely, of course, uh, you know, responding to supply and demand. But the landlords are going to pass those costs on, and that's going to put pressure on rents. Guaranteed that's going to happen because these tax increases are huge, all right? And they're going to be even more dramatic over time uh, for landlords, for non-owner-occupied properties, all right? So this this bill, this uh, proposition targets those properties. Um, and then secondly, as you mentioned, Tabor refunds are slowly eroding until they're gone. And Okay, we have uh, we have Bill on, <clears throat> on uh, from North Glen on the line. Bill, what's on your radar? Well, don't want to talk about on these property taxes is Tara. Um, have your uh, county assessor guy there. How much of that goes to uh, the schools? And of that, uh, it goes into these lavish pensions that we cannot afford. We've got to reform Para, and property taxes will come down. And ultimately, your property tax should be based on the most recent uh, purchase price. If you bought your property 30 years ago, that's what the value was. But to have them continue to go up year after year, and again, para is this huge, huge elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about and nobody wants to reform because the state legislators are on para, the state Supreme Court's on para, the state employees are on para. So are they going to gore their own ox? Okay. Toby, thank you, Bill. You could do three shows on this topic. Yes, we could. School school finance in Colorado, talk about complicated. Uh, This is one of the interesting things about HH, which I find just maddening, is the proponents propose that it encourages or demands all the local entities decrease their mill levies. But schools are exempted. Okay, so the school. First of all, the the base levy by your local school districts districts are set in law, so the Douglas County School Board cannot even adjust their mill levy down, their base mill levy down, if we demanded it. All right, so uh, we're getting into school finance, and that whole thing needs to change, really. Um, So Proposition HH really exempts local authorities in certain like school districts and where levies are voter approved from having to even look at their levies and so we're in a fight this fall to try and get all these local entities to reduce their levies and the school board doesn't even have to ask the same question that everyone else does and kim one of the things that um I think Ben Murray had this on his Twitter account. And if you're not following Ben Murray on Twitter, he's Ben Murray uh, from the Independence Institute. He talked about a he cited a a, a, uh, some sort of poll done by Magellan Strategies. And and basically right now where we're at, which is at the end of July here, 
for people that aren't aware, they're uninformed about HH, there is support right now for the measure. If they are informed, there is not support. So the bottom line is all of us need to, and I know you're always the tip of the spear, so this isn't directed at you, but we need other people to talk to their neighbors about Prop HH going down. Well, and that brings up another point here in Colorado, and that is is election, I, I, I call it manipulation. <clears throat> the idea that everybody gets a ballot and then uh, they, they vote it, but they may be uninformed. Uh, I think we need to make it a little, we need to have people be responsible for getting their ballots and uh, um, voting because people will get a ballot and then you'll have all of the uh, different political ads that will be encouraging them to vote and, uh, and they've got the ballot so they will but they may not be totally informed. We have Ann in Denver and and actually one of our listeners said we should call you Action Ann. So what's on your radar? Okay, the ac- this is the action today. Okay, I hope everybody um, um, makes a sign, okay, to put in their yard and wherever else they can. Um, and it should say, vote no prop HH, hell, highway to hell. Um, and uh, say tax hike. <laughs> I love of it. How, how many? How many uh, billions of dollars does this increase uh, by removing Tabor? Did you say? I, I don't know how many billions of dollars in tax hikes. I've because heard, if you say yeah, because um, you six. know tax hike of I don't know how many billions. How many? Four to six, maybe Four less, maybe billion. more billions. We just know it's billions. Okay, so if people would just write a sign that says, vote no prop HH, highway to hell, uh, uh, $4 billion tax increase, people would be informed is why I, <laughs> is why I say that, okay? And make what you want. Yeah. But we have, we have to have massive numbers of signs because I don't know that we can um, outvote the algorithms because they're going to control the um, – the um, results of the election, okay, on HH as well as all the uh, the uh, candidates that are running for office. So we got to stop. We got we got to go back to precinct can counted ballots, okay? Okay. But that's another issue, okay? Okay. Uh, Toby, I love that idea, and I also encourage, as as Steve was mentioning, we, we've got to educate our friends, our families. Uh, you know, our spiritual peers, our, our neighbors, and we've got to be all over social media because for better or worse, this is how we spread the word today. And we've got to get if they're informed on this, Steve, if they're informed on it, it'll go. It will. They'll vote. No. Well, the yeah. party's doing what we can, but we need we need everyone's help. I mean, That's there's right. nearly 100,000 registered Republicans in Douglas County. And we need them to do more than vote. We need your active participation. And it's even bigger than this, my friends. And when the World Economic Forum says by 2030 you will own nothing and be happy about it, I'm like, how are they going to do it? And I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh. We're going to tax people out of their property. And uh, that's that's what I think uh, has occurred here. And then you have um, 
you know, Governor Polis was a, a young World Economic Forum fellow or whatever mm-hmm. they call him. Mm-hmm. And uh, this Prop HH has is, is, uh, been signed into law by him to refer this to the, uh, the ballot. And that was in Bill 303. It's now Prop HH. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not as if the, the value of the dollar is growing in strength, right? So while they're increasing taxes and wages are stagnant or going backwards, inflation. Oh, by the way, so, and we have inflation. Oh, and then on top of that, we have inflation. It's a it's a it's a hat trick. It's a political hat trick working against us. Right, Steve. Thanks for being here. We've got about a minute, thirty seconds. Uh, join us on Wednesday night, six six p.m. at the Parker Library. Kim will be be uh, moderating for us, and we look forward to it. And uh, get get informed because this is very serious. Toby Domish, thank you so much for being here. I've learned so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And what's your final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners? You know, pay attention to this. Uh, educate your f- family and friends. Uh, vote no on Prop HH, and continue the fight. And continue the fight because uh, we. We can have real property tax reform and simplification, and that's I think that's the silver lining, is that people are paying attention and uh, realizing that uh, that that taxes are take more and more of our of our value, our hard work, and we agree that there's some taxes that need to be paid. This is out of control. So, my friends, our quote for the end of the show is from George Washington, and he said this: He said, "Truth will ultimately prevail where pains are taken to bring it to light." And so there you go, Steve Peck, taking the pains to bring it to light on this Prop HH, Highway to Hell. There you go. (laughs) Thanks, Kim. Okay, my friends, today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Young, like a new moon rising, fierce through the rain and lightning, wandering out into this great unknown. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't survive. and opinions expressed on KLC 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.